as many of you know, the book of Psalms was written to music. It's a, uh, a lyrical book. And uh, this morning, uh, I would like you to consider the words of Psalm 46. Now, I'm not going to sing Psalm 46. Uh, however, uh, it will be set to music. And uh, as you listen to these words, as you absorb the message, um, I also hope that you will also feel the poetry of the psalm as well. God's Word, Psalm 46. God is my refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come. And see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Psalm 46, the word of the Lord. And I invite you just to pause for a moment and be still, and in the quietness, consider God's word. Be still and know that I am God. Amen. Amen. This past winter, our uh, youth group at church had a fundraising youth auction. And uh, secretly, seven couples got together to bid on a particular item. It was a weekend at a really nice house in northern Michigan near Traverse City. And uh, when that item came up for bid, we won. And so this past July, uh, we had our extended weekend 
at this beautiful place in northern Michigan. Now, as you know, getting ready for a trip, it is full of busyness, getting uh, ready for the house to be left, getting packed and everything, and then you drive up there, then you unpack, then we had to figure out what was for dinner, and we got that settled. And once that was done and, and night had come, we went outside, and uh, a fire was lit and the fire rang, and we all sat in a, a circle around under the very tall beech and sugar maple trees, and there was no agenda. We took a breath, we relaxed, we enjoyed, we talked. You could say we were still together. The next day, uh, we rented a pontoon boat, and uh, we took it out on the, the longest lake, interior lake, in Michigan, Torch Lake. It's a beautiful setting. And uh, because the lake was so long, there were times up to a half an hour to 45 minutes that the boat was just uh, traveling. And, and sure, we would talk some, but we also spent large amounts of time just, just looking at the water, enjoying the surroundings. And, well, we were still together. I remember that next weekend when I saw those couples at church I just felt a little extra connection with them. I felt we had a closer relationship. And why was that? Well, part of the reason why is because we were still together. Now, at this point, you hopefully know what the point of the sermon is this morning. It is zeroing in on Psalm 46, verse 10. Now, this evening's sermon is going to be on Psalm 46, the whole psalm. But, but right now, I'd like us just to, to laser focus on, on this simple point. Be still and know that I am God. First, I'd like us to consider what stillness is not. Second, what stillness is. And then third, living the stillness. So, first, what stillness is not? And what it is not in terms of this verse, Psalm 46.10. So, if you're going to apply Psalm 46.10 to your life, stillness is not merely just relaxing. It's, it's not just sitting down to watch the big game or watching a movie that you've been looking forward to. It's not merely just sitting in the comfy chair and, and taking a breath, although that can be very good. Uh, stillness is not blanking your mind. It's not just kind of daydreaming or spacing out. Stillness, at least in this passage, isn't even necessarily being physically still. I mean, I'm sorry, parents, after church today, if your three-year-old is running through the sanctuary, you cannot say, didn't you hear the sermon? Be still. Okay, no, this, it's not physically still. It's not in this text. And something that's kind of interesting that, I mean, I, I didn't know until I studied this passage, was that uh, Psalm 37, 
verse 7 says, it says, be still before the Lord. And that is a different word from the Psalm 46 stillness. The Psalm 37 stillness has this connotation of patience. Be patient. God will work. Um, And there's a different nuance to the idea of stillness in Psalm 46. So enough with what stillness is not. More importantly, what is stillness? What stillness is? Now, on that weekend in Michigan, I actually read Psalm 46. I began to think about Psalm 46 and and stillness. And, And quite frankly, that's where the seed of the sermon began. When I first read the text, I thought stillness meant, well, sit still and pray. Now, in our busy and hectic lives, of course, that is good spiritual advice. And you could get that from this passage. However, the stillness in Psalm 46 is something that is deeper. It begins at a more foundational level. Now, one way to uh, help us to understand God's word And an easy way is, of course, to look at different Bible translations. And now in the the age of the Internet, you can go to certain websites and click, 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 and all of these Bible translations are right before you. And and this is a great help for today. Uh, There are are Bible apps that offer a slew of translations. In fact, maybe our problem now is that there's too many English translations. I mean, which do you refer to? Well, I wanted to check out Psalm 46.10 in different Bible translations. And uh, uh, the NIV, the ESV, English Standard Version, the New Living Translation, the uh, New Revised Standard Version, and the King James Version, all of those said, be still. I'm thinking this is a pretty good translation, right? Right. But interestingly, the New American Standard Bible said, cease striving. The Holman translation, stop your fighting. And the message paraphrase said, step out of the traffic. How should we understand the word be still in this passage? We need to think about the goal of stillness. The goal of stillness. What does it say? Be still and know. The idea here is not just being relaxed or quiet or still. It is be still within so that you may know God. The questions we should ask with this passage are not first questions about what we're doing, but what we're trusting in, who we are trusting in. You could say that be still means enough, hold on, stop, settle down and focus. Who are you trusting in? Do you know that oftentimes we automatically focus on a bad event 
and human solutions to that event. That is not being still. And for some of you in this room this morning, what I just said may be the most important thing that I said in this message. We often focus on the the bad events and the human solutions when God is saying to us, be still and know who are you trusting in. To understand this, oftentimes if you get what's opposite, You can understand the meaning. So so what would the opposite be? The opposite to this verse would be, be overworked, be stressed, be frustrated, be combative, be anxious, and know that I, myself, am in control. That will wear us out. That will not work. And so God graciously and lovingly says to his people, be still and know that I am God. Don't just evaluate how you're living, but evaluate who you are trusting in. And then from that trust, actions will result. It means to pull back, cease striving, and focus on your relationship with God. Now, one other thing that we need to consider when we think about what stillness is, is who is the psalmist talking to? Uh, What's interesting is that the words here are in the plural. So, God says, be still, people, all of you. It's in the plural. Now, I did a little study of this, and, uh, you know, to be honest with you, some commentators said... uh, the nations are being addressed. Some commentators said it is the people of God that is being addressed. Fortunately, you have a Bible scholar with you here today that can settle this uh, dilemma for you. And uh, I will tell you the correct answer. Well, it's to my opinion. Uh, I think it's everyone. Why don't we say this psalm is speaking to all? And what's interesting about that, if the psalm is speaking to the nations... It takes on a missionary tone. It is inv- it's evangelistic in nature. Nations, look at all of this striving and wars that you are doing. What is it accomplishing? Consider the nations of the world. Consider who God is and his sovereignty and trust in him. So that would be to the nations. Now, I think that the the psalm does speak a little bit more to God's people, uh, simply because we're going to listen more, right? Uh, But it is a message to us as well. And for us, the message isn't evangelistic. It It is encouraging. It is a hopeful message. It is a message that God speaks to bring comfort to his people and also call his people to reorder their lives so that once again we are more complete we are more firmly planted under God's sovereignty resting in his providence in our lives so this is what stillness is but before we end 
I would like us to conclude with living the stillness. How does be still and know that I am God work into your daily life? Now first, I think it is important that we recognize how difficult it can be for us in our modern enlightened society to be still. This is a timely message because we live lives where so much of our world works against stillness. This is the nature of the, of the American culture, works against stillness. So we need to consider these words deeply for our lives. A former uh, Bible teacher at Timothy Christian uh, is uh, planting a church. He's a pastor now. And I get his uh, weekly newsletter. And while I was preparing for this sermon, I got his newsletter and I read his little devotional thought right up front. And I said, I need to put this in the sermon. Uh, So uh, Matthew Pachanio is his name. And uh, here's what he said. I often long for stillness and quiet. Not just the literal quiet of my surroundings, which I do long for, but the quiet and stillness of my inner self. It is hard to silence the voices, both the ones of our own making, self-recriminations and doubts, fears and frustrations, or the voices we hear from our past, from those who criticize us, and from those who judge. If you are like me, All these voices can be pretty loud and very distracting. What takes your mind off of God? One of the things that uh, does is the voice of individualism. We hear it all the time. Life is about you, you, you. It can distract us. Or what stresses or difficulties do you have in your life these days? which can distract you. I was thinking about when I was a college guy, and uh, uh, besides the difficulty of school, all college guys struggle with four words, and they all begin with the letter F, at some point during their college years. Okay, so uh, that would be family, finances, the future, and females. So, to illustrate, the college guy has these four things, you know, that may not be working out, one of the four or a number of them, and they can distract him from being still before the Lord. Or they could highlight his weakness, be strong, college guy, highlight his weakness and his need to be still before the Lord. So that is one example. What is it in your life that can distract you, but at the same time could highlight your weakness and your need to be more still before God? Now, to live a life of stillness, it begins with the mind and heart of stillness. It doesn't begin with what you do. As I said earlier, it begins 
with ultimately who you're trusting in. Are you trusting in Almighty God? Where is that settledness of soul coming from in your life? So it begins with the mind and heart of stillness. But then, of course, with that heart of stillness, it then works itself out into actions. And so, when you slow down in life, and you take a breath, and you say, I need to spend some time in in prayer. And you spend that time in prayer not as a, now I check off this spiritual discipline, but you spend that time in prayer being still before God and knowing God more. When you sit down with God's word before you on a daily basis, it is not a, now I've done that good deed, I will move on. No, you sit down and you are still before God's word. You slow down with God's word. You reflect upon it and you receive it as food for your soul. When you are still before God, remember, it is in the plural, you go to church. Now you can all breathe easy. You're all applying the sermon and it's not even over yet. This is good. The importance of being still together as God's people. And now, if you're not still right now, okay, draw another picture, that's fine. But, but most of you are, are being still, and it, the point isn't that you're just physically still. The point is that you're considering the truth of God's word for your life today. And that is being still together and knowing God more. Now, living stillness is not simply, you know, just praying and reading the Bible. It's, it's, it's going through life with this. So, for instance, uh, you're at the store, and you're leaving the store, walking across the parking lot, and your phone rings. You answer it. The person on the other end says something that is, is really troubling. And you hear this. And you say, well, um, can I call you back? And you hang up the phone, and you're, you're kind of shaken by this. And right there, as you start the car, or maybe even before you start the car, you are just still before God. And know that, that God is with you in that person, and you commit them to the Lord. That is living stillness. Or maybe as a family, you're, you're sitting around discussing treatment options because of a disease that somebody has. And yes, you are thankful for medical care and that you even have options, but still it is troubling. There are all these human solutions before you, and you have to choose one. And that is fine. But during that stressful time, we, we step back from it. And we say, let's, let's join hands and let's commit this to God. And together in this small group, you are still before the Lord. The stress of school and work 
and busy, 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 you can feel overwhelmed. Now, it is good to release stress physically, hopefully not by yelling or punching your brother or sister. This would not be good, but maybe exercise, right? It's good to release that stress physically. But in all of the pressure of feeling overwhelmed and overworked, God is also calling you to be still and know that I am God. Living stillness. Listen to what Moses said to the people of Israel in Exodus 14. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I think about a little child that is all worked up. The issue may be so minor, but in the child's mind, it is huge. All worked up. And I, I picture the mom coming over to the child, giving that child a hug, and just saying, it's all right. You can be quiet. Be still. Mommy's going to fix it. Just that simple. And sometimes Almighty God wants to come down and shake you a little bit and say, don't you know who you are serving? Don't you know who I am? Be still and know that I am God. My friends, when the people of Israel read Psalm 46, it was words of life to them. But for us today, even more so, from out of the nation of Israel, God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus came to pay the price for our sins. Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us. You know how the psalm says, the Lord Almighty is with us. God is with his city. He will not let her fall. Even more so, God today says, I am with you. Now, Jesus Christ said words of comfort to his disciples. And now today, the risen and ascended Lord Jesus Christ says these same words to you. So as I conclude, may these words of Jesus minister to your soul. Jesus says to his people, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of the Lord for you today.